0: Welcome to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren.
1: I am. Hello, and welcome back to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. I am Megan. And
0: I am Lauren, back at it.
1: And welcome. How are you guys doing? Hi. Doing good.
0: How are you hanging out there?
1: It's good Good to be back, good to have you. Lauren, how have you been doing?
0: Good! You know, just taking care of a human, and myself, and you know, doing the things. Mhm. How have you been? Good.
1: Good. stuff. Uh, fun fact, Lauren held a candlelight vigil for this, which was really <laughs> sweet of her. Uh, I got to have part of my ear removed, uh, which was alarming. Not even part of my ear, I had to get a mole removed. And at the end of this, this dermatologist who was super sweet, and I had literally never met her before, just, like, gets in real close and is like, Okay, so you might notice a slight chunk of your ear missing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? And then she just casually goes, you know, cartilage takes longer to heal. Didn't realize she was cutting out my cartilage until after, but it's a-okay. Now it's a funny story, but we're almost healed.
0: There we I go. I got more
1: headphones again. It's very nice. Was very a nice. Ridiculously challenging few weeks in my life, but I do not have skin cancer, so hey, we all good over here. That's great. Wear sunscreen, everyone. Everyone. And if you're as pale as me, wear lots of it. Oh my god. And put it on your ears. Don't forget your ears. Apparently, that's a big one. It's my public service announcement about the sun.
0: I feel like this is helpful, though. But yes, as you had mentioned, I let. Megan, no, I was going to hold a candlelight visual for the dead part of her ear that came off.
1: R.I.P. R.I.P.
0: to the chunk of your ear.
1: Yes. 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 So. All right. We have some business.
0: Business. Business socks on...
1: It's not Wednesday. <laughs> it's Friday.
0: Friday. You're right.
1: And I am not, no one's wearing the team building exercise, team building <laughs> shirt from their old work.
0: If you are a Flight of the Concords fan, you are our people. Um, and
1: if you are not in the spirit of Valentine's Day, Google it's business time. Yeah. Watch the video. It's funny.
0: It is funny. I love it. Anywho's um so some some notes real quick. Um so one kind of fun one is uh we have a TikTok. We have a tiki tacky.
1: By we I would like to specify this is a Lauren thing. <laughs> Lauren <laughs> it has is created me this <laughs> I am a blind partner offering feedback occasionally, but I'm not on the tick Maybe one day we'll make a TikTok together the next time we see each other. Or if
0: you ever want to make one and I upload it for you, happy to do that
1: we'll see. I ref- I, I'm i really anti-TikTok. I love it for you but I refuse to download it. So. I
0: know. I have mixed feelings about it but my hope with this TikTok is that it will reach more folks and we will get more listeners because we're doing really well and we just want to keep it up this year. Um, but yeah, so we're on TikTok. It's under Spooky Psychology. You'll find my face right away. My oh, purple mohawk.
1: Face. Her beautiful hair. You know, it
0: was me. So there's a couple yeah. on there, and again, like I am not a TikTok master. This is my first time at it, so you know, be kind.
1: Right. Just, uh, just like our audio at the beginning of this <laughs> podcast, we're learning as we go we're here. Learning let's as al- we go. Let's all be kind. Well, let's
0: let's use that transition. I um, uh, did it on purpose. Yes. So. <laughs> We had, you know, every so often we'll like look at reviews and see what you guys are, are thinking and saying, and we did get some uh, feedback that the audio was, I, I can't remember what it was verbatim, but essentially it was bad. Um, and here's, here's the thing that we just want to say and clarify. So if you feel like the audio is bad currently and like current episodes like please let us know because we're wanting to know like how to improve that but if you are referencing like the first episodes we ever did we just want you to know that we know (laughs) we know it's really bad
1: well aware i do hope to one day be able to have the time to go back and re-edit all of our early episodes to fix the audio, I have not had the time to do that. I don't know if I ever. I would like to, but uh, we or know maybe it we was just bad. do
0: like a re-intro episode that's mm-hmm. more crisp.
1: Just just redo our intro episode. That's just thirty seconds. Like we know the audio sucks. It gets better by this episode. <laughs>
0: We are so sorry. We're just going to reintroduce ourselves. so You don't have to be yes. put through that. Yeah, Yeah. no, we, we so, didn't know what we were doing. We had really shitty mics, too, at the time, and that's what that we, is.
1: We did, and we didn't really, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. It took a long time. So if you're having current audio issues with our newer episode, feel free to comment. Please leave the episode number so we know what you're talking about, because we have, I mean, our initial episodes still are getting, like, 50 to 100 downloads a month so there a lot of people are starting from the beginning which is wonderful Mm -hmm. we're glad to have you but it does get hard when we get comments that are feedback that's very non-specific because we don't really know what if it's something we still need to fix Um, so if it is please let us know Um, right because we're 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 genuinely
0: trying to you know work with you guys and learn and you know don't feel like we're getting like offended or like upset about it we're just like wanting more specific specificity
1: <laughs> specificity
0: specificity um that's what we're wanting just so we can improve it for you guys and you can yeah. continue listening
1: mm-hmm, yes and then i'll i'll go ahead and do because i have some other patreon updates mm-hmm. that i'm going to throw out there so i will take this next one sure. we got a message for our patrons hey guys hey we um. love you we're gonna start this out with love we also just wanted to make a general comment it is the new year a lot of people may have gotten new cards given to them by their banks we've had a lot of cards get declined lately um so if you did get a new card and you want to continue giving to us you may want to log on to your patreon account and just see if you need to update that information of course if you genuinely are struggling with money please stop giving us money we're fine we like the money but like if you can't buy food or something please stop attempting to give us money um so just a general note to double check because we have the past like two or three months yeah. we've had a really significant increase in cards decline which again is okay just wanted to let you guys know and we didn't want to like personally attack people right and like messages, weirdly like, message you like hey your money. card was declined
0: like it, right. it just feels weird
1: Right, so just if you think, of, just just check your Patreon account. Um, also, first ever patron-exclusive mini-sode is up. It has been released. T- exclusive mini-sodes are available if you are a $5 and up patron. So the first episode is They're just me Just like uh, Lauren's doing a bit more on the TikTok I'm doing a bit more on the Patreon side of things We both do You you add some stuff I'm doing more of the exclusive content at this point Mm -hmm. in time So we have an episode It's about 25 minutes up right now Where I'm discussing new research On the dark triad personality traits Including a fascinating study On if Reddit trolls Do or do not have the dark triad traits What do you think? I think yes. Feel free to to join our Patreon to find out for (laughs) sure. Uh It's more complicated than a yes or no. It's really interesting research. So feel free if you want exclusive content. There is exclusive content available to everyone. Um, We're trying to do more of that, like little pictures and videos and other things. However, we are currently limiting the mini-sodes and the more extensive content that we are producing uh, we may change that in the future um, but join our Patreon, we have lots and lots of interesting things going on on there, you get to vote on episode topics, you get to learn what topics are in advance mm-hmm. give us feedback, let us know what you want to know about those things So,
0: yep, and then last time I think I was on there, we had been posting about um, figuring out a time to do a live episode yes
1: Yes, well, I wasn't thinking live episode, more of just like a live Q&A. Oh, live Q&A, yeah. Like a live Q&A with our patrons. Um, So that is also, that will be available to any and all patrons. We do not have a set date yet. We are working on it. We did a brief survey on what weekend days are better and what time zone everyone is in. Because the last time we tried to do a live thing, we really butchered the time zone thing. (laughs) And a lot of people did not show up that meant to. So we're trying to make sure we pick a time that is cohesive for every time zone people may be in. Um... So, yeah, if you're interested in that, be sure to join our Patreon. Uh, Patreon, Again, it is open to all of our patrons, regardless of how much they are contributing. It'll just be like a casual Zoom call with me and Lauren at some point on a weekend. We can just kind of talk. You can ask us whatever you want to. We may or may not answer all of your questions, but, you know, you can ask them.
0: Right. It'll just be cool to, like, put faces to names and... And I'm sure it'll just you know, you you hear us enough. I'm sure getting to interact with us somewhat face to face would be kind of fun.
1: Might be interesting for you guys. Maybe you don't even know what we look like. Maybe you were shocked by Lauren's purple mohawk comments. Yeah.
0: That that is yeah. possible. You might be like, Holy
1: crap <laughs> There's like some pictures of us on social media, not much. Though. Just a we handful. don't post a lot of ourselves. Um But we out so, here. Yeah, we're we are real human beings who exist, everyone. Mm-hmm. Weird, isn't it? It is. Uh, so today's episode, I have to say, Lauren, I don't know how you felt about uh, the research on this one. <sighs> Led me in some weird places. Yep. <laughs> Took a steep turn away from my where I thought we were heading. Yep. Um, and this is great. So Lauren had come up with the idea that we should do an episode on the mandala effect, which is really interesting. And also I had some great misconceptions about the history of this. Uh, So we basically ended up going a whole different direction after doing some research. And have we got some tea to spill, some shit to tell you guys. Fascinating stuff. Hot tea.
0: Sleepy time tea.
1: We love. So... The Mandala Effect refers to a situation in which a large group of people believes an event occurred that did not occur. So, this term was first coined in 2009 by Fiona Broom. Fiona Broom uh, was at, she created a website and it, she was at a conference talking with other people about how she remembered former South African President Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s however he did not die in the 1980s he died in 2013 so he was still alive at the time they were having this discussion and she began to talk to other people she learned that she wasn't alone others remembered seeing news coverage of his death as well as a speech by his widow she was shocked that a large mass of people could remember the same identical event in such detail when it never happened encouraged by her book publisher she decided to create a website to discuss the Mandala Effect and other incidences like it. Now, Mm -hmm. Lauren, did you read my slide or come across any research of what types of books Fiona Broom writes?
0: I took a peek. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It reminds me of a a person that we met in the past.
1: It does remind me of a very unique person that we met. And I don't think we've done anywhere near enough debriefing of that afternoon. Ever, and we've done quite a lot uh it was the weirdest interview we've ever done in our entire life <laughs> yep. it was it went to places that I did not I wasn't ready expect. for it was like come in and talk about child's development and we're like
0: for sure okay, we got this yeah
1: we got this yeah and then the KGB was mentioned very quickly and JFK really went assassination yes yeah. yes um he knows the truth but he won't tell us. No. Which is just a huge letdown.
0: It is a tease, I I will say.
1: Right. So Fiona Broom, Miss Broom, is a paranormal researcher. So I'm going I will go in um a bit now. So she is a self-proclaimed paranormal research- researcher. She mostly focuses on ghost hunting. Mm. And interestingly enough, she specifically believes that this effect is entirely explained by parallel universes so that many people can actually um remember being in a previous universe or a different timeline than the one that we're in and that's how they remember it because in a different timeline nelson mandela did die in prison and that's why they remember it so I had always heard of this as it was more like a legitimate phenomenon and mm-hmm. less of this like shady kind of thing right um just a shout out to uh fiona i'll give i'm gonna read you some of her book titles,
0: yeah, do it
1: Ghosts of Austin, Texas yes, all right, we're off to a strong start. that one's very straightforward uh then we have ghost Hunting in Tilton, New Hampshire, okay, we're mm-hmm. still. We're still on track. We're still vacationing. Back in, now we're at kicking back in Texas. Oh, what's that just, one about? We're kicking back in Texas. This one's not about ghosts. It's just about cool trivia and weird places in Texas. All right. So that one's fine. Uh, she wrote a couple articles for it. There's weird, scary, and unusual, uh, eerie stories, um, weird encounters, which is a weird US book. Which is a she was among several noted ghost hunters who contributed to some of their favorite ghost stories about haunted locations she's written many how-to guides about ghost hunting okay. uh, including ghost hunting in haunted cemeteries my ghost hunting journal mm. it's designed for your ghost hunting notes and important records is your house haunted journal um, and then she has written over a dozen books on the Mandela effects themselves but her books appear to just be 10,000 comments describing people's experiences Okay, with it So, i just like to point this out. I am not trying to say that it's not a real phenomenon. I had just always heard of it as it was like more of like a psychological thing that had been researched. Right, it's
0: in like psych textbooks.
1: Right. I was not expecting to get straight into ghost hunting. I did find- the website is still up. If you guys want to check it out, we'll leave it in the comments if you want to read more into it. Um, but, yeah. It went from psychology, Psych 101 textbook to ghost hunting way more quickly than I was expecting Very to Very rapid. Run. As you all know, if you listen to the Cryptozoology episode, I actually love me some ghosts. So I do,
0: too. I, I think I'm there are ghosts, it. but I think the way people go about finding them and all this business, I, I think it's a little ridiculous, the way people I go believe- about it.
1: Do you believe ghosts are real? Yes. Yes. I also believe that ghosts are real, but I don't really believe in ghost hunting. Exactly. Per se, I feel like if ghosts are real, then they're obviously like from a different dimension or something else that they could easily evade the technology we have here if they didn't want to be caught. Right. And I just so. I
0: don't have the faith in our ourselves to create technology that can detect ghosts. I just don't think we're capable of doing that.
1: Agreed. I also like that we both think that ghosts are real, and we may have just lost a lot of <laughs> ghost blisters. They're like, we just want the facts. We just want the facts. Well, the fact is, is that both Lauren and I believe in ghosts, but so. we
0: also believe there's not enough technology to find them. <laughs>
1: We can't find them. They come to us when they want to. Okay, so Lauren, why don't you roll into some, some fun examples?
0: Yeah, so in case like, you don't know um, some of these more common examples related to the Mandela effect, I just wanted to run a few by you that might be a little mind-blowing. Because I know for me, when I first kind of read about these, I, I was mind-blown. I was like, wow, my whole life is a lie. So, um, here's a few examples. The whole thing is a (laughs) shamble Time to crumble. Time to crumble. Um, so most people remember Oscar Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R, but it actually is Oscar Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. If you don't believe me, check a package, you'll find out.
1: Go to your local grocery store, take a look at the bologna. Check it out. See what it says.
0: Uh, Berenstein Bears. This is a book a lot of 90s kids read. Um, it's actually Berenstein Bears, mm-hmm. not Stein. Mind blowing. um There is Jiff, not Jiffy peanut butter. There was never a Jiffy peanut butter.
1: That one, that one I got. I do remember Jiffy being a peanut butter.
0: Isn't that confusing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, curious George never had a tail.
1: That one just makes me mad. He's a monkey. He should have a tail. He should have a tail. It doesn't just make fundamentally sense. Fundamentally angers me.
0: Um, it is sex and the city, not sex in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, this one messed up me up pretty bad. Um, the Monopoly man doesn't have a monocle.
1: Yeah, that one messes me up, too.
0: It just feels like he should. But nevertheless, Agreed. he does not. Um, the fruit of the loom, uh, little image, doesn't have a cornucopia behind it.
1: Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna throw out a judgy statement about some of these. Go ahead. This is more of judgment of Fiona Broom, who I'm sure is a lovely person. We just disagree on the realities of ghost haunting. Yeah. Um. The thing is. I personally think it is more plausible that a lot of people are bad at spelling than it is that misremembering how to spell brand names is actually proof of alternative universes. I think that's where the theory loses me a little bit with some of the examples. It's just like, I misspell stuff all the time. Right,
0: yeah. I mean, there's there's so many explanations, and obviously we'll get into them.
1: Right, Um, right.
0: But yeah, no, this this last one, so I made a TikTok about this. You did. Um so if you're a nineties kid, you may remember the movie Shazam. But I hate to inform you that this movie never existed. I did not. So if you think there is a movie called Shazam where Sinbad plays a genie, you would be wrong. There is a movie called Kazam with Shaquille O'Neal, who plays a genie, who, and it came out around that time. That exists, but not Shazam in bad. This is a public service announcement. Um, that threw me for a loop. It went down a rabbit hole. It was very difficult for me to believe that it wasn't real. It was very confusing. Um, but yes, does not exist.
1: There was, however, a movie called Shazam, That was released in 2019 but it's a superhero film
0: yep layers and layers people
1: yeah i think like some of those like people remembering someone being assassinated or like remembering a whole movie existing those i think are indicative of an actual phenomena occurring but when you read a lot of the lists on the effect it's like it's oscar meyer not oscar Mayer, which is also such like an easy mistake to make right or like a
0: mispronunciation like,
1: like right
0: i don't know but like yeah remembering a whole film is kind of trippy that um, is a
1: bit that's interesting yeah which <laughs> another one um that i will throw out there is um some Other examples they give are misremembering famous quotes in movies. Mm -hmm. However, they're always really close. So, Lauren, we'll give you the quiz. Are you ready? I'm ready. What does Darth Vader say to Luke Skywalker?
0: Luke, I am your father.
1: That is actually what he does not say. That is commonly quoted and commonly remembered. What he actually says is, no, I am your father. Because in that exchange, Luke accuses Darth Vader of killing his father, and Darth Vader responds, no, I am your father. Oh. So, that's a common one. Um, another one is, what does the evil queen say to the mirror on her wall?
0: Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all?
1: which is very very close the actual quote is magic mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all she never says mirror mirror so those ones are really really common but again they're so close to the actual quotes that it's pretty easy to see how it would get mixed up
0: yeah
1: um because i love this i love this so much uh there are zero studies done on the Mandela effect. There are no- I looked pretty hard. I couldn't find one. I did too! One. And so, I tried to get again-
0: help from Spiff. Uh-huh. Thank you, Spiff. Um, oh,
1: and thank you, Spiff, for getting me that article. Yes. I already filmed the mini, so but I do appreciate that you found it. So thank you, Spiff.
0: Um, So Spiff found, uh, like, the only article I could find, but it ended up not even being, like, a full article. It was, like, the presentation of the idea of looking into Mandela effect with memes yes,
1: Yeah, the only ones that I could really find were related to the concept I'm about to introduce that mentioned it in the abstract but not research on it itself. So, the danger in as this Psychology Today article called (laughs) it pseudoscientific nonsense. Ooh! So we got, we're spilling the tea that guy has some hot feelings about this. Coming in hot. People bestow credibility on the assertions because they are sometimes in some ways based on actual science so for example quantum physicists have theorized that the potential existence of multiple universe based on math mathematical models but there's no evidence that that's actually the case so there is some scientific Indication that there very well could be Multiple universes, there could be parallel Universes, they could theoretically be connected However, what this Is saying is that people have somehow Moved between multiple universes And have memories from things On an alternative timeline, which is kind of Getting into, like, parallel universes Time travel paradoxes yeah. Multiple timelines created So, you know it, We don't know But there are other things that we will talk about but lauren you have some more things to say next
0: uh, yes i do um so i don't know if anybody has watched the show on hbo called um how to with john wilson megan have you seen it
1: I have not, but I would love to hear about it. Is it as good as our favorite show that somebody managed to find for us? Thank you so much. Weird or what?
0: It will never be as good as weird or what, but it's it's still pretty good. So if you have like kind of a dry sense of humor, like if you thought Napoleon Dynamite was funny, you will probably like this show as well. So it's kind of like this awkward dude who's sort of like a Mr. Rogers in a way where he talks about like different topics and he and he films all sorts of weird stuff around New York. Anyway, in the show, um he has an episode and it's about memory and he comes in contact um with this guy and essentially this guy is one of the head people at the Mandela Effect conference. So apparently there is a international conference for people, um, who believe in the Mandela effect in the way that it's, it's, uh, explained by jumping timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it was very interesting to watch their conference. Um, it was a handful of people at a Best Western, um, and here's just a, a little snippet from their website. At, <laughs> at this time of humanity's potential great awakening, we... The International Mandela Effect Conference unite in a mission to inspire, empower, and unify all curious observers. Through the evidence presented as the Mandela or Quantum Effect, we bring it into this phenomenon's own enlightenment truths which have proven themselves timeless in all religions, spiritual practices, and scientific findings. Together we go, together we grow.
1: Hmm. So I feel like there's two things I want to point out here. Yep one anybody can start a conference for any reason just throwing that out there yep you can rent out a room at the best western and start a conference about whatever you want to and two like i know this stuff sounds so strange and i just want to point out there have been lots of things that have been strange and controversial that have turned out to be true So I won't say that it's completely impossible for there to be multiple universes, but we have no evidence of any of this and no evidence that it would even be possible if there were multiple universes for somebody to jump from one timeline to another somehow. Right.
0: And I really feel like this handful of people at the Best Western didn't find answers to jumping timelines. I I don't think they're the ones to crack the code.
1: Mm Mm-hmm probably not although if you would like to watch a show about jumping timelines the oa is a really cool show watch it it got canceled too early
0: or quantum
1: leap quantum leap right i have watched like one episode of that it's yet. so good it's so good it is so good so that's the thing is like it's not that i don't want to like shame these people for their beliefs or make no. it seem like, they're like anything negative right
0: it's valid that it's weird, like the you know, it's a bunch of weird happenings. But
1: <sighs> is it weird or what? what?
0: <laughs> I think I think all I'm trying to say here is that if you're interested in going to the conference, it is held at a Best Western, and I think Idaho. Um, they are open to guests, and also we're gonna get into you know. What might actually be going on here? Um, Some
1: related but scientifically validated through research phenomena. Yes. Yes. So. Okay. We're going to talk a bit about my good friend, the misinformation effect. So, Mm -hmm. the misinformation effect refers to the tendency for post-event information to interfere with the memory of the original event. Research has shown that the introduction of even relatively subtle information following event can have a dramatic effect on how people remember. So, there was a famous exper- experiment in which people were shown video footage of a traffic accident. After watching the clip, the participants were asked a number of questions about what they observed, much in the same way police officers, attorneys, accident insurance adjusters would ask what they found one of the questions was how fast were the cars going when they hit each other in other instances they asked how fast were the cars going when they smashed into each other what the researchers discovered was that using the word smashed instead of hit could change how the participants remembered the accident a week later the participants were asked a series of questions including did you see broken glass most of the pattern participants correctly answered no but those who had been asked about the car smashed into were more likely to incorrectly remember broken glass than those who were asked about the cars hitting. So it really is substantiated by research that small things can change our memory of an event. I will say, you know, kind of my own example of this is a couple years ago, I was driving back from my sister's baby shower from Ohio with a friend in the car, and we witnessed this really horrific accident, and it was minutes later, we gave, um... You know, some emergency care towards the person had actually been thrown out of their car in front of us. We, you know, were there for a while and we talked to the police and myself and my friend both gave different accounts of how the accident happened. I was the one that was driving. He was in the passenger seat. I said that the car came around the driver's side and moved to the right. He said the car came around the passenger side and moved to the left in front of the car. So I attribute that to entirely being we were both very fixated on where we were during the accident. The thing is, the main things of, like, the general order were exactly the same. Like, they swerved, they hit this, they hit this other car, then this happened, then they were thrown from the car. But the specific details of how it happened, even 15 minutes later, were different. And, you know, the main points are the same, but even then... Things are different because people perceive things differently. Different questions are. And this is actually why, going back to our satanic panic episode. And I, th- I want to
0: say now that I'm thinking about it, didn't I pull you into um, my psychology class to talk about this with yeah, yes. forensic interviewing?
1: Yes, to talk about the misinformation effects, leading questions in forensic interviewing and why we have to be so careful. Yeah, Because you can mislead someone particularly young children i will give the caveat i did stumble upon some stuff during this research that i did not include because, one, it could be an episode on itself, and two, it is the angriest I have ever been in a nonprofit organization in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, that people have used this to create organizations geared towards disproving children's account of, of sexual abuse.
0: Oh my god.
1: Um, particularly against their parents, and conclusively proving that they were led by therapists, which is a very real thing and can happen. Um, However, people will take this and people will consistently use the fact that children are kind of susceptible and can be misled to say that children are absolutely lying about abuse there are cases where kids have especially since um if you would like to see how this works if you haven't listened to our satanic panic episode i read we read the transcript of one of the yeah. interviews where the interviewer was literally saying did this person rape you or are you, are you too stupid to remember that that is like an actual thing they said to a child mm-hmm. the child didn't disclose anything the child agreed with what the adult was saying and parroted some of it back leading questions are dangerous And you do have to be really careful on this, but a difficulty in remembering certain aspects of an event absolutely does not mean it didn't happen. Exactly, And the misinformation effect, it doesn't invalidate. In the example of me and my friend, it doesn't really matter which way the car came from. It mattered that somebody was thrown from their car and we're not sure if they survived or not, right? That's the important detail, right? If a kid can't remember, you know, defense attorneys will throw out the whole, like, oh, they don't remember what shirt they were wearing, or they've changed details like that. Those details are neither here nor there. That's the trauma itself is the actual thing,
0: so... it's nauseating, and I mean, like... And I'm I'm positive you had to go to court um, to testify on behalf of clients before, but the stuff, like, the defense attorneys will do to, like, convince the judge that things didn't happen because, like, certain details don't line up that don't actually Mm -hmm. matter... Or just try to discredit you as like a witness in general. Like it's unbelievable. It's really gross. Yes,
1: yes. I'm still getting called to court for forensic interviewing, so I will not be commenting on some of the stuff I'm asked yeah. because I don't want to get in legal trouble. Um, but yeah, I, I will say defense attorneys are doing their jobs to give people a good defense to prove they're not legally responsible, and it is an important part of our judicial system in the United States that doesn't mean I always like what they do yeah and I I just I know it's a tirade I've gone on a bunch of times but like misinformation effect doesn't mean that the the incident never happened it means that details can be changed around it right um so some different explanations are that the original memory and misleading information get blended together Um, so I think interesting things, like, if you think to, um, you know, Lauren, I know since you have a brother, there's probably childhood stuff that you and your brother remember differently, where, like, small details are the same. Um, I know in myself, uh, we had a neighbor who we were hanging out and his fingernails got painted pink, and his dad was very upset that his son's nails had been pink, um, You know, for whatever reason. My Mm -hmm. sister and I both remember being the one that painted his nails.
0: Oh, weird.
1: It could have been her. It could have been me. It's entirely possible that we both took turns painting his nails. We could have each done one hand. Neither of us can actually pinpoint. It doesn't really change the story that much. I'm sure we were both there and again we may have both done it but it's like things like that like childhood memories you may have what you remember it you may hear somebody else tell the same story and you may end up with some blend of the two stories Mm -hmm. being it something in the middle um another possibility is that information overwrites the original memory of the event So new information completely overwrites it. Researchers have also suggested that misinformation is more recent in memory. It may be easier to retrieve than your original memory. Sure. So, you know... In other cases, the pertinent data from the original event may never have been encoded in memory. In the first place, when the misleading information is presented, it's incorporated into the mental narrative to fill the gap. So you may have gaps in your memory, and if you Mm -hmm. hear something else and it makes sense, you may incorporate that into your own memory. Um, I think the thing with a lot of these misinformation-type things that we also have to remember is the easiest way to prove if a memory is accurate is by asking everyone who was there or you know if there's video recordings if there's other evidence that it did happen right um which a lot of times there is and that's kind of where the mandala effect separates from other types of misinformation is because in a lot of misinformation it's slight things changing over time um, versus in this, it's things that concretely we have tons of evidence absolutely never did happen that people do remember. Um, so things that contribute to the misinformation effect are discussing of the event with other witnesses. Mm-hmm. So the more people you talk to, the more, again, everybody has their own perspective and everybody focuses on different things during an event. And um, that's
0: why in trials, while they're not allowed to talk to each other, right? The jury. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, yeah, and you're also not, um, like, the jury's limited to what they can talk about and who they can talk to, but witnesses are not allowed to speak
0: to each other.
1: So, like, you're not allowed to speak to each other, and if you are being called as a witness, you're not allowed to watch the trial. You can't see anything else that someone else says. Um, That makes sense. mm -hmm. Which the thing is, I actually say I have, in terms of testifying, I have the easiest job with combating misinformation effect because all of my interviews were recorded from start to finish so we watched the recording so like I really don't have to remember exactly what was said or anything it's just like this is the interview I did in its entirety and I can validate that that is me I was there we can watch it we don't need to question what was said because we can watch it um news reports Actually, watching news reports about events that you witnessed may make it more likely for you to remember incorrect information, particularly if something reported on the news is wrong. We've all seen the news have to put corrections out afterwards. Sometimes it's incorrect. And if you were there or you've seen a lot of news reports, you may misremember things. Um, Repeated exposure to misinformation, which is, I think, Lauren has done some research on this. I know. Um, I was starting to go there, and then I saw you were going there, and I was like, all right, we got someone covering <laughs> it. Uh, the lovely internet has really done a lot to repeatedly expose people to misinformation. You're no longer waiting till 7 o'clock for the news to roll on that once a day that it did. You can see everything all the time. And just like anybody can start a conference, anybody can say whatever they want on the internet that's why we always tell people to exercise caution and not just assume everything is correct um because you don't know and the more exposure the more likely you are to misremember things and time if misleading information is presented time after the original memory it's more likely to get mixed up um so i also read this is just really interesting. A study that they did in a psychology classroom where they had students test the misinformation effect. So again, they did the short video of the car wreck. So as a redo, they did 82 students from four sections of intro to psychology. Because intro psych students are a plethora of research subjects at every university. The perfect
0: guinea pigs.
1: The perfect guinea pigs because... Psych 101 teachers will usually give you extra credit if you volunteer for psychological studies being run at the university.
0: Yes, That's why this happened,
1: And I loved that extra
0: credit. I did too. I was like, also, I'm very interested in being part of a study. This is exciting.
1: Right, it was kind of fun. So a lot of people have done different studies, and a lot of times it's just like taking a survey. It's really not anything too intense. It depends on what it is. Um... So, they were shown a short video of a car wreck, they were asked either leading or non-leading questions about the video tips, they were asked to rate how reliable they believed their memories to be, they were statistically analyzed, blah blah blah. So, the results, the students who received the leading questions were more heavily influenced by the misinformation presented in several questions they received compared to the non-leading group, The leading group estimated the SUV was traveling at a higher speed and recalled more additional cars. Most students in both groups correctly recalled that there were no bystanders. There are no bystanders. Only two students in the non-leading group and four students in the leading group erroneously remembered seeing people standing by the side of the road. Okay. The item, did you see, the truck in the scene was given to both groups. A significant difference was found with students with the leading question group more likely to recall the truck which was actually in the video. Hmm that's interesting both groups rated their memories of the events as somewhat accurate and there were no differences between the groups regarding the confidence that they were accurate so again students who were asked leading questions are more likely to misremember things that is why we have to be very careful to not lead people in criminal or witness investigations and just let them say what they saw ask neutral follow-up questions that's why in interviewing very important you do not just uh Interrogate interviews of victims and witnesses are not interrogations, nor should they be.
0: Exactly. This is somewhat unrelated, but you know, anytime we go over psych articles, I always have like flashbacks of when we were in the psych lab together. Mm -hmm. Because the the way the meetings were, like we had like a psych meeting once a week, and we would have to prepare like explaining like a psych article to the entire room and Uh often I would forget about it until like the day of and have like 15 minutes to like digest (laughs) like this whole like lit review and be able to like spit it out in a way that was like understandable so now Mm -hmm. it's so easy to like read articles because of that so in a weird way I'm grateful.
1: It scared us into it yeah because you we'd get sent them every week and you'd have to read them and be able to answer questions if you were called on yep it was very intense also lauren let me ask you the intense question okay first of all i would like to point out that lauren and i often sat together outside of the meeting frantically reading through the research We both did that and it bonded us that research lab is where we met uh did you ever read an article in its entirety never never Never. Have you? Me neither. I don't know if I have ever read any psychological article in its entirety.
0: Yeah. I mean the only one I can honestly say that I have was my own thesis. And it's because I had to.
1: It's because you wrote it. Yeah. And edited it. Yeah, I don't and I didn't have to do a thesis, so Oh that's right. I did an honors thesis for undergrad, that one I read, but that was a lit review. So I read a lot of studies for that. But even then I don't know if how many if any. right there
0: there's a few key parts that you can you know skim over and then you pretty much get the gist of it
1: maybe we should do an episode on how to pass your psych 101 class without really trying
0: right like how to skim a psych article and make sure that you don't miss anything
1: how to do it properly what to look for uh we'll do like a little stats 101 um also i'm a terrible influence i also pretty much never read the chapters of textbooks in their entirety for psych because with most psych textbooks fun fact for everyone you can pretty much just look up the key terms and only read it if you don't understand it based on the key terms it's pretty straightforward
0: i mean for real though like that's the thing is like and this is a whole different subject but the school (laughs) system is set up Where we have to, like, read, like, these long articles, you know, these chapters, all this stuff. And if you're neurodivergent at all, which I am somebody who openly has ADHD, it is very hard to sit and read every word of, like, a textbook or an Mm -hmm. article. So you have to figure out ways to do it so that you don't, you know, fall behind and miss things, but you're not, like, torturing yourself.
1: Yes, and I was, I'm not neuro divergent really i don't have anything that would make me neurodivergent um however i was um i'm a work (laughs) smarter not harder type of person so i definitely had a system down pretty efficiently for school that got me far so you know you don't have to read every word to understand it. there's a lot you can do
0: take it from us to two people with our masters and i've taught psychology courses before you don't have to read every word
1: you absolutely do not
0: okay so speaking of other memory things um that might be related to mandela effects, um you know what might be going on behind the scenes another thing that might be important to consider is something called confabulation which is just a symptom of various memory disorders in which made-up stories fill in any gaps in memory. Um, so the German psychiatrist Carl Raufenhofer coined the term confabulation in the 1900s, and he used to describe um, he used it to describe when a person gives false answers or answers that sound fantastical or made up. Um, and, you know, back to the definition, what essentially is happening is your brain is kind of filling in parts that it doesn't remember, which is Mm -hmm. just, you know, part of the human condition. Um, so while this condition may first sound like lying, confabulation only occurs when you have a condition that affects your memory. So this is why confabulation is often described as honestly lying because you Mm -hmm. don't realize that you're lying. Or you don't realize that you're not sharing truthful information.
1: Well, and actually, though, I will say um, is there research on confabulation amongst people with ADHD?
0: I'm sure there is that would be a good thing to look into
1: because all right the memory gaps a lot of times, like I know kids with a d h d will answer questions really really quickly mm-hmm. if they don't actually remember, and it's usually right it's not intentional lying it's usually just like on the basis of their normal routine, they are estimating that this is what happened right when they may or may not actually remember and i don't I don't know if a d h d is like the type of i mean it's not really a memory disorder, but it does have such a strong like inattentive memory focus exactly that i wasn't sure if it would qualify or not
0: yeah no that's i i think you're probably right i mean i would imagine
1: um i just collect people with adhd (laughs) lauren you're first
0: (laughs) um another thing that's important to consider is something called priming another psych 101 thing Priming is a phenomenon which exposure to one's stimulus influences how a person responds to a subsequent related stimulus. These stimuli are often conceptually related words or images. Priming tends to affect um, thoughts, and they are based on an activation of concepts and relationships between them that are stored in a person's long-term memory. These associations, so for example between a cat and a dog, are learned over time and tapped into when priming occurs. Um, so one of the examples I had shared before related to the Mandela effect um, that's brought up often is the Curious George one where it's like, oh, Curious George doesn't have a tail. Well, with priming, if you consider priming, you know, most monkeys have a tail. So it makes sense why your brain would fill that in. Yeah. So...
1: Yes, because your brain just like groups things together.
0: It's like, of course he has a tail. Monkeys mm-hmm. have tails.
1: Monkeys have tails. Curious George obviously would have a tail.
0: Yep. So, yeah, just, just some things to think about. Um,. So, yes, so I'm going to get into some research, and I found a gorgeous article.
1: I'm so glad. I had a similar article, but I think yours was better. Well, what's crazy
0: is you had brought up Elizabeth Loftus before, and she's Uh one of the co-authors.
1: We are just Loftus fans.
0: We are big Loftus fans. What
1: up, Loftus? Are you listening? If so, message us. That would just be weird.
0: I would love love it. All right. So um, the title of this article was Pandemics and Infodemics Research on the Effects of Misinformation on Memory by Elizabeth Loftus and Rachel Lee Greenspan. All right. So during global pandemics, like COVID-19, people are likely exposed to heightened quantities of misinformation as they search for and are exposed to copious amounts of information about the disease and its effects. So in the media environment with an abundance of both accurate and inaccurate information, this tends to be called an infodemic. So this article goes over the consequences to exposure of misinformation during the pandemic and and why that actually can be dangerous to be exposed to misinformation. Um, particularly and I thought this was super interesting, particularly in the domain of health related behavior, a great deal of information seeking occurs online. So a lot of people are using the internet as their main source. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2012, over 70% of Americans reported searching for health information online, making it one of the most popular online activities behind checking email.
1: I would also just, like, briefly, as a therapist, like, just slide in, stop doing that. Please. <laughs> it's always bad because every time, I know, with my, like, mole removal, I kept Googling skin yep. cancer stuff. It's terrible, right? Because, like, you Google anything, and it's just like, if you're, you know, it's just like, well, you're either totally fine or dying within the next seven minutes. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. Like, anytime I get, like, blood work done, I'm like, oh, what does this mean? I, like, look, (laughs) I look it up, and it inevitably leads to, like, cancer, and I'm just like, why is this always happening? And then they're like, actually, you're fine. You don't know what you're looking at.
1: And then you get, like, the doctor's interpretation email later that it's like, this is like this because of this. And you're like, oh,
0: like, okay cool 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 that's why you get paid the big bucks i get it
1: just just had a panic attack for no reason great good fun i
0: like to keep things spicy all right um another thing that is important that i found in this article was that nearly two-thirds of americans report that fake news quote-unquote or misinformation has left them confused about basic facts that is a huge problem. <laughs> yes. We cannot come to an agreement about what basic facts are because of misinformation. Ugh. Alright. So the internet
1: er- was supposed to make us smarter.
0: Yeah, something <laughs> went smart. horribly wrong.
1: <laughs> Can we maybe go to a different timeline where that actually happens? Yes. How are let's they let's doing shift to there?
0: that timeline. Ugh. Quantum leap. Alright. Cognitive scientists have been studying the effects of misinformation on memory for nearly half a century. Okay, guys, keep this in mind.
1: This and so is not new.
0: This is not new. So we're studying how exposure to it can affect a person's memory for a previously witnessed event. So in an ever-growing body of cognitive research on misinformation, it shows what happens when people experience this experience some event and are later exposed to misleading information about that event. In a typical study of this kind misinformation, of misinformation, people see an event, a simulated crime or accident like Megan was describing, and then are deliberately exposed to misinformation about what they saw. Sometime after that, they are tested to their event memory and many people will incorporate elements from the misleading material into their memory for the original event. On social media, older adults and this isn't to call older adults this is just something to keep in mind um are particularly likely to share fake news articles compared to younger age groups and this was based on a study in 2019 by guest nagler and tucker um this may occur as older adults are less digitally literate um again not a dig just internet internet hasn't been around for them for very long Mm -hmm. um than younger adults, and so may struggle more in discerning misinformation. And that was based on a study by Brashear and Schachter in 2020.
1: Right, and I have seen that with my own family members. Same. Like, I've had to step in and correct certain things. Like, that's just a meme, that's a joke, that's not actually true, that didn't really happen. And they're like, oh, okay.
0: Right, like somebody created this. hmm This isn't based on an actual thing. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so uh, and so those folks studied that piece, kind of exploring why older adults might have that tendency. Um, the social climate in which older adults use social media also differs from other groups. Older adults often use social media for socialization rather than information gathering. And so information accuracy may not be a salient goal. Mm-hmm. And that was um, founded in that same study by Brashear and Schachter in 2020. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, memory research has also shown that people are more susceptible to misinformation when it fits with their pre-existing attitudes or beliefs. This shouldn't shock you, guys. Mm-hmm. This is this is something we know. Um, in one study, actually, participants saw negative doctored photographs of Democratic and Republican politicians. Political affiliations significantly predicted whether people reported remembering these fictional events. And that was from a study by Frenda... Knowles, Selatan, and Loftus, our girl, in 2013. Loftus. Loftus. Repetition, like Megan was talking about, is one influential factor in the persuasiveness of misinformation. So repeated exposure to information makes that information feel more familiar and thus more accurate. Um, This was, again, from a Loftus study in 2012. Even simply having people repeat a false rumor to themselves increases the sway of the rumor. Mm -hmm. That was based on a study by Berinsky in 2017. So even when misinformation is withdrawn, it will still continue to influence people in a phenomenon known as the Continued Influence Effect. And this was coined by Ecker, Lewandowski, and Tang in 2010. It approaches... Uh, thus approaches to combating misinformation that focus on preventing its spread are likely to be more effective than those who attempt to debunk information misinformation after people have been exposed to it. So what they're saying is prevention or just creating awareness before they're even shown the misinformation can be really helpful as opposed to trying to prove to somebody that it isn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, You know, on different social media websites, you might see things like, you know, are you sure you want to post this? Or, you know, they might flag something just so that you're aware and more cognizant um, as you're looking upon information. Mm -hmm. One commonly proposed solution is warnings. That is information people can either before or after reading misinformation that some of the information they read may be inaccurate. So we're familiar with this. Um, Research has shown warnings can be effective in reducing the misinformation effect if people are explicitly warned that the information they're about to read may be inaccurate. Um, That was found by Lewandowski in 2012. Generally, warnings are more effective when they are delivered prior to people being exposed to misleading information rather than after the fact. However, post-warnings can be effective as well. Um when they not only inform folks of the presence of misinformation, but also provide an explanation about why the misinformation was present.
1: Mm-hmm. So like what specifically was wrong. Exactly.
0: Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if we do this, if we have people pause and reflect before sharing, it can help reduce the likelihood of misinformation spread. Social media and other online news sources can evoke this reflection process by asking participants to acknowledge messages regarding the content they wish to share, but individual users can develop these habits on their own. The goal would be to slow down the information superhighway, turning it into a two lane dirt road. I love that. For a good That's cause. A
1: beautiful imagery. There. Yes.
0: The act of pausing and reflecting before sharing information online can specifically reduce the likelihood that misinformation is shared. Huh, imagine that, guys. Imagine just sitting and reflecting, using discernment before sharing something. Yes. Could be very helpful. Um, So in many ways, people's everyday lives during this pandemic, ooh, mirror a misinformation experiment. Even with technological advances that attempt to stem the flow of misinformation, it abounds on social media and in day-to-day life. This problem may only grow in the future with more sophisticated types of misinformation, including doctored photographs and videos. Mm -hmm. Um, This is becoming more and more common. Detecting this type of doctored information is particularly difficult, and thus it may be especially impactful. Decades of research have shown that misinformation, particularly health-related misinformation, can affect people's lives in a myriad of consequential ways, as you could probably imagine. Um, So I think they did a beautiful job of pulling the literature together and explaining how dangerous it actually is to share misinformation. Because it's not like people just forget or they check and make sure that what they read was accurate, you know, months later, you know, what they're suggesting and asking us to do is really pause, reflect, and use discernment before sharing things on social media,
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the internet in general. Um, yeah, and, and just uh, to throw this out there, because I know Spiff um, did me a solid in finding me this article.
1: Spiff,
0: thank you. <laughs> I wanted to share this fun fact. The term memes was first coined by English ethologist Dr. Richard Dawkins, who during the open Q&A session at Oxford Union on the 18th of February in 2014 explained that a meme is a unit of cultural inheritance. It is everything that behaves like a gene in human culture.
1: Very nice. Hmm. That's your fun fact for the day. Wonderful. I think like... So, I mean, we talked a lot about the misinformation effects, and I think something that I personally just like to uh, hammer home on this, I still want there to be a study on particularly of the people who genuinely recall Nelson Mandela dying in prison and the speeches. I would love to do research on those people because I think... The misinformation can, effect can explain SOME things that the Mendeha effect is considered for, but not EVERYTHING. Right. And I think, like, some of those, even, like, the Shazam could be mm-hmm. a misremembering of Kazam, and that's one that they're like, maybe that thing started and, like, just somehow spread. But this one, I would love to see actual research on people who genuinely remember it just to see maybe there is something like maybe there was misinformation, maybe there was different things they could pinpoint that one. I would like an actual more research on.
0: Right. Or maybe there is like some sort of like popular show at the time where something similar like that happened in the show. And that's why people collectively remember it. I don't know
1: right i would love to see that and that's not to say it's not to say that the research doesn't exist it's that we could not find it
0: right that doesn't mean it's not there. there
1: we could not find it yeah so so
0: some cool things to think about especially if you are in grad school wanting to look into different like topics and stuff that would be a really good one
1: yes that would be wonderful
0: yes so so yeah so yeah um you know just things to think about in terms of memory and just realizing the impact of you know the things we put out there
1: mm-hmm. yeah so Lauren do you got some good shit
0: I got some good shit um so someone I wanted to tell you all about is this really cool company um, that's doing cool things, and they are called Wear Your Legacy, like W-E-A-R. And what they are is a, it's a company owned by therapists, and they make really cool merch, and what their goal is to help reduce um, mental health stigma. And so I think that's really cool. Um, I actually have a sweatshirt from them, where it's their hashtag spill your guts um, mm. thing, and I was like, mm, I feel like this is also appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> that is very spill you. your guts. Yeah, um, so I loved
1: it. it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, right. I will cool link things. their store in the episode description. Cool, cool, cool. Please check them out, everybody.
0: What's your good shit?
1: Um. I mean, not having cancer is pretty high up. That's great. Yeah. A little worried for a while. Um, Yeah. I think just because you mentioned him, my good shit is Mr. Rogers. I'm just throwing him out there. I have such a deep love, a deep, deep, deep love for Mr. Rogers and his neighborhood. And it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and uh i encourage people to watch mr rogers because it is full of childhood warm fuzzy feelings and like appropriate emotional expression and like open space for your feelings um and i did i don't know if you've seen the documentary but like oh, what I he bawled. was actually di- i cried so hard we saw it in theaters and everyone Same. was crying it really i was I like th- hyperventilating crying i know and he was just a wonderful person who did really good work with child development and with yep. making television developmentally appropriate and I still love it so much so my good too. shit is Mr. Rogers Fred Rogers I he's, love you he's like
0: we didn't we don't deserve him he's wonderful
1: we definitely did not deserve him
0: but I love him I miss him RIP
1: rest in peace Mr. Rogers we miss there you every a, day
0: there is a current show called um Daniel, Daniel Tiger, Tiger.
1: Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Yeah. I have lots of nieces and nephews. I am familiar with Daniel Tiger's oh, okay. Neighborhood. I have watched so.
0: I was like, As- ooh, I can show this to Benny. This isn't a real person, but shout out to Miss Frizzle.
1: Oh, Miss Frizzle! The
0: teacher we all deserve.
1: Miss Frizzle was delightful.
0: You know, during my stint of teaching i was like i really want to embody miss Frizz- embody miss frizzle energy
1: it's important
0: that was the goal
1: it is so. anything else for this episode
0: i don't think so thanks for stopping by and getting spinky
1: yeah thanks guys